You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. Yo, guys, welcome to another episode of the PDL podcast. I know we took a little bit of a break by break. I mean, we've just been way too busy to get this going, but I'm just glad to be back. I'm joined here with Darren. Yo, Darren, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How about you? Dude, it's been a while. I didn't notice how long it's been since our last podcast because I was like, hey, we should start it up by talking about some of the big trades that went down. And as you're kind of adding in some of the trades that have happened, I was like, holy crap, we have so much catch up to do. But honestly, I've been looking forward to talking to you about these trades. I know we always text and back and forth whenever anything happens, but this is like a more formal slash casual way to actually like talk about it. So why don't we just kick this off? What's the first trade we're talking about? Um, so I went in like reverse order. Um, so like oldest to newest. And I did like the five most recent when I put them in here. Um, so the one that kind of kicked off all of this, I guess, was when you traded Taylor Heineke um, and a third round pick for Julio Jones, Corey Davis, Jimmy Garoppolo, and the first round pick in 2023. To you love to hear it because this is my trade. I kind of want to default to you first. So I could give you some of my input when this trade was kind of going down. Cause as you know, uh, I had Brett sleep over for that week, not specifically for this trade, but that's just something that we do almost yearly. He always comes down around the August, September time. But yeah. What was your reaction when you saw this trade happen? Um, uh, <laughs> trying to put this in the most politically of... correct way, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to say it say it nicely, but um, basically, Brett was he was hoodwinked. He was bamboozled. Um, I I don't know how you convinced him that Taylor Heineke was going to be like the future of the Washington football team, but that's kind of like what this trade says to me um, that like he's going to be there for at least like you know a couple of years. Like he's going to be a starting quarterback for at least two seasons or something um but he since this trade happened like what two or three weeks ago um he's been bad <laughs> so uh as soon as Fitzpatrick is healthy he's probably going to be the starter again um yeah it was a, it was a it was a bad trade for Brett it was a bad one well to be fair hindsight 2020 I and I know people who listen to this are gonna say that I'm lying right now but I <laughs> And I think I've been outspoken. I think I even told you even before like any trade happened when he was on my team. I am still a believer on Taylor Heineke. I know once again, people are saying, well, you're just saying that because you got a haul for him. I was always a fan. And when this trade happened at the time, he had, what, two, three straight weeks putting up like 20 plus points. Uh, of course, there could be arguments made on the style of play that he did it. Uh, could be garbage time, this or that. But I, I'm not saying I'm still as adamant a believer of Heineke after he posted a couple of duds, but I honestly still feel like they should try to see and ride it out. You know exactly what you get with Ryan Fitz. I mean, does Washington think that they're going to make some type of playoff run? I don't think so. Not with the way that defense has been playing. Terry McLaurin's been banged up. So I would just say, hey, just keep giving Heineke an opportunity because Fitz is great. He is what we already know. And a lot of people are already making kind of a decision on what Heineke is saying. Oh, there's a reason why he's like 28 and he bounced from the XFL to the NFL and blah, 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 blah. But personally, I think he still 
has something that I'm excited to watch. But once again, I'm being biased because I had him. I saw him flourish. And then now kind of the trade that have happened. I was just happy with what I was able to get. And this trade was the center piece that kind of started the avalanche for all the other trades I needed to do. Because uh, as we will talk a little bit later, there are a handful more trades that I made, but it was because of this trade that made it happen. And I'll be honest, when this trade happened, the immediate thing I was thinking of is, all right, now I have trade assets. Now I can keep going. Because when I got Julio, Corey Davis, Jimmy G in that first, I knew I wasn't going to keep almost any of it. I knew I was going to use that for more trading. So uh, that's kind of from my points of view. I'm sure um, you kind of watching me do what I did. And since we've been friends for so long, you're probably like, yeah, that makes sense kind of thing. But now let's talk about the next big trade. And I'll kind of kick this one off there. And this is, I guess, writing a wrong from the PDL rookie draft that just happened. It was Trey Lance for Kyle Pitts between the Oregon boys, Mike and Max. It looks like... Uh, yeah, this was uh, not much of a surprise. We kept hearing like whispers in the bushes that some type of trade was going to be happening for Kyle Pitts. I think at one point it might have been just for Justin Fields, and then maybe Mike saw Justin Fields was playing, saying, "Nah, I'd rather have Lance now." But regardless, what was your reaction when you saw this trade? Yeah, I think um, he kind of to to me it kind of seemed like with with the other trade we're going to talk about too, like like in a couple trades here, I, it kind of was like. Mike was trying to ignore the fact of the importance of quarterbacks in our league. And then all of a sudden he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm just <laughs> going to admit that like, I need to get quarterbacks. And he was like, all right, I'm getting, I'm getting the guys that I want. And then I'll have the quarterbacks that I want. And then I'll have to worry about it for a while because he literally, I mean, he, he admitted it himself. Like he drafted Kyle Pitts out of spite so that Max couldn't get him. So um, I think this is just kind of just admitting that he definitely should have taken a quarterback at that pick instead of taking Kyle Pitts. And it kind of was, it was basically like what should have happened three months ago, but it just happened three months later. Yeah. I remember the storyline when the rookie draft was happening after Trevor Lawrence, because Jensen had the number one overall pick. He had three picks in a row. And I think you and I, we were speculating, Oh, it's going to be Harris, probably Justin Fields. And uh, who do we say was a third? Uh, Jamar Chase or just something random like that. I was like, we we're like, yeah, that's probably going to be his three picks, blah, blah, blah. And then what he did was he made three picks and he didn't pick a quarterback at all, which was shocking to us because he had what Josh Allen and Tua and the jury saw on Tua. I still think he's doing great. And obviously he doesn't have Tua anymore because he made, he traded him away. But I was just as shocked as you were when he did not take him. And obviously I became a Mike Stan to kind of deny like Matumbo Max from getting pits because it's very evident that that was pretty much the only weakness he added on his roster. But then when this trade happened, I said, all right, this was long overdue. Like the memes died down. It makes sense. But kind of like what you were saying, this is probably what should have been from the very start. And I'm going to throw us off right now because I know the next trades will be uh, my trades, but let's kind of stick on the topic with Oregon and talk about the other quarterback because once again, he traded up, and I believe he traded up with Max to get the 109, right? And he picked Devontae Smith. And I was trying to get that pick to get Devontae Smith as well. And I felt like I put a really strong offer in. Eventually, Max turned it down and went with Mike. And when Mike did it, I knew he was going to get Devontae Smith. But in the back of my head, I was thinking, oh, he should definitely get Mac Jones because he skipped on all those quarterbacks. And he picked Devontae Smith. So the reason I make this whole big build up Darren please reveal 
the trade that you and Mike did. Uh, so I traded Mac Jones to Mike for, well, it was Mac Jones at a second for a 2022 first and a 2023 first and a 2022 second. So he kind of just swapped seconds there. And then it was two first round picks for Mac Jones. Um, like you said, though, he could have got him for the, I think it was the 110 he traded up to because I had the 111 where I got Mac. And I, if he didn't take Mac Jones, I was going to take Devonta Smith. So it would have, Either way, like if he, because I know he really, really likes Devonta Smith. So either way, he would have had a trade to get this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I feel like even if, he, even if he didn't take, uh, if he did take Mac Jones and he didn't take Devonta Smith, he would be trying to trade for Devonta Smith from me. Um, so I think either way, it probably, honestly, probably would have been about the same thing because, like, if I had Devonta Smith, I would have asked for that because I know how much he liked him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and. <laughs> And he, I feel like he probably would have given it up. So, like, either way, I think he probably would have had, had to give up the same kind of value. But, like, um, this year, because, like, Trey Lance probably isn't going to play very much. Like, it seems like they're going to try and play Jimmy Garoppolo as long as they can. Uh, it might be – who knows how long that is. It could be two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. It could be the rest of the season for all I know. But it seems like they want to they, – they really do want to play Jimmy Garoppolo. But, uh, I, I mean, it could be – he could get hurt next week again because he's always getting hurt. So, um, but until then, he has Mac Jones, and Mac Jones is honestly, in, in my opinion, I think he's looked like the best rookie quarterback this year. Um, he's the he might not have like the highest ceiling of like a, a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or um, Trey Lance, but even if he's like if he's Kirk Cousins and you have like Kirk Cousins for fifteen years, like that's definitely worth two first round picks. Yeah, I feel like I should be taking my premature victory lap because I was on the Mac Jones train way before everyone else jumped in. This is way before the draft. This is way before he was even projected to go in the first round or anything like that. I was a big fan. I said I liked him more than Tua, blah, 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 blah. I know, I know. Everyone's saying, all right, Tommy, get stop, like, stop your raging boner. But I agree. I think he is definitely the best-looking rookie quarterback, at least through the first six weeks. And... Yeah, I thought it like when the trade happened, I was more shocked because Mike is a guy who has shown and through his actions have said like, all right, quarterbacks are no big deal. He traded away Tua. He skipped on all the rookie quarterbacks. He had any from his choosing outside of uh, Trevor Lawrence, of course. And now he trades for Lance. Now he trades for Matt. I, I just think it's poetic. I think it's like a big change because i feel like the old mike would have just been stubborn and been like whatever i'm gonna eat whatever loss i have i'm just gonna keep on pushing and hope i could hit it for the next draft and kind of be in that like groundhog's day just finding himself in the same situation not saying he's gonna make the same mistakes over and over again but this was something where i was like oh wow mike i was not expecting this like this is something all of us said you should do but usually what he does is he does not take our advice or listen to us and does his own thing. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask before we get on to my trades is kind of what was your thought process? I know you weren't actively trying to move Mac Jones, but were you the one that reached out to him? Did he reach out to you? How, how, like give us a little bit of the um, peek behind the curtains on how this kind of unfolded. No, he actually, he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, would you trade Mac Jones? And I was like, I'm not like shopping him or anything, but if you offer me two first round picks, I'll probably take it. Um, and if you don't want to do that, like I'm totally fine keeping him too. Uh, so he was like, he was like, yeah, I'll actually I'll, I'll do that. So I was like, okay, like, well, we'll do it then. <laughs> You're like, wow. Okay. <laughs> cause I, I, I mean, honestly, like, cause Mike, like, as you said, he's been like very conservative, like holding his picks and like kind of waiting and 
seeing what he could do and everything. And like, so like this last like couple weeks for him is it's a different, it's a different Mike than we've seen in the past, I think. Yeah, it, it, it should be exciting. Like I said, it was very like the Trey Lance Kyle Pitts was not much of a surprise because obviously we talked to Max all the time and he was always like, oh, a trade's going down, a trade's going down. And I would always be like, yeah, okay, Max. Yep, I'm sure a trade's going down. And then it finally happened. And I was like, it's not that I wasn't surprised. I was like, all right, finally it happened. Like good for Max. He deserves Kyle Pitts. Like his team is 100% a contender. I think I told you repeatedly one of the teams that I fear the most. And then this Mac Jones trade is actually like completely took me off guard. I remember I was sitting on my couch and then I was getting leaked information that this and that was going to happen. And I was like, wait, what? Like a quarterback's going like, that doesn't make sense. I would look at people's roster and I was like, what's going on? And then the biggest red flag is, yo, why isn't Darren saying shit? Anytime like PDL <laughs> Shefty says anything, you at least react with something or say something, but you're like dead silent. I was like, yeah, this is 100 percent involves Darren but what I didn't know was who your trade partner was I was like all right yeah maybe it's Steve maybe he doesn't trust Carson or oh maybe it's uh you know Brett trying to even triple down to be like all right this is my year and then when I when that happened I saw it was Mike I was like what and then you slowly start telling me he's like actually he's been asking about Mac Jones for a little while now and I was like oh my god it all kind of makes sense now but at the time when it actually happened I was like floored but dude now I I went from loving Mike to hating Mike because as much as I love you and you obviously know that I also view you as one of the fiercest, you know, owners in the league and you have seven first round picks in the next two years. And what, like three, four second, like this is not good news for me personally. And of course I think greedy being like, all right, how big is my championship window? Blah, blah, blah. And then when I made my handful of trades that we're just about to talk about, I was like, okay, maybe I don't need to blow it up after this year. Maybe my window is a little bit bigger. And then, you start doing these trades. You don't even have Deshaun Watson. You have seven first. I'm just like, fuck this, dude. Like, I was getting so happy that I could probably make a three-year dynasty and all this, but whatever. But no, hats off to you. You always hit in the draft. So I just got to hope that this upcoming draft class just absolutely blows. And I'm sure <laughs> one of our podcasts in the future, we're going to be talking about that. But now that those trades are out of the way, I believe we have two more trades we want to talk about to shake things up that kind of branched off after I did the whole Julio Jones, Corey Davis, Jimmy G first round pick for Tyler, or I keep saying Tyler, let's give him some respect, Taylor Heineke and a 2023 third. What other trades happened after that? Um, so these are like simultaneous. It was Mike Williams and Austin Eckler for Corey Davis, T Higgins and a 2023 first. Um, so Adam got, Corey Davis, T. Higgins, and the 2023 first. This, I actually thought that this was a, a good trade for both sides. Um, I really did. Um, because I know that Adam, I know from experience, actually, that Adam has been trying to trade Austin Eckler for a long time. Yeah. And all he wanted was a first. Um, that's all he wanted. And nobody seemingly was going to give it to him. Um, so for this, he got his first, you know, like he got his first for Austin Eckler, and that's what he wanted. And then for Mike Williams, he got Corey Davis and T Higgins. So, I, I mean, say what you will about Corey Davis, but he's been really good this year. He was really good last year. And T Higgins is five or six years younger than Mike Williams. And he's mm -hmm. also a very good player. Um, and for you, it does exactly what you want to do because you get Austin Tackler to add to your team, who is a top three, he's top three, right? Top three running yeah, back right yeah. now. And you get Mike Williams, who's also probably top three as well, because he's been amazing this year. Um, so you get exactly what you want, too. So I think this one was a win-win for both sides. I really do. 
Yeah, for me, uh, you did a great job breaking it down. The way I kind of looked at it when I was trying to negotiate, I saw, I knew he wanted at least a first for Austin Eckler. And at the time when I was trying to trade for him, probably wasn't the best time because he was literally the RB3 on the season. So I feel like he had all, he the like ammunition, like he had all the rights to be like, no, I want more. So in my head, I was like, all right, maybe he's going to want more than a first. So then I was like, all right, maybe like Corey Davis could kind of edge him off. And then Mike Williams, like Corey Davis and a first might be a little too much for Austin Eckler for some, but then any overlap or overflow from that trade, shove it into the T Higgins and Mike Williams. And I think, you know, more than anyone else, like I have a man crush on T Higgins. Like I, Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with that. And I still do just, and I think that's one thing I do want to say, just because I trade someone away and I'm sure you're the same way, just because you trade someone away does not mean you don't like them anymore. Like you still love them, but you're like, all right, I got to make this trade to make it happen. And that's kind of how I felt with this trade. Um, Running backs was definitely the thinnest for me outside of King Henry and Aaron Jones. I essentially had no one. I had Damian Harris and that's about it. And uh, we'll, we'll get to Damian Harris in just a second because he was involved in the other trade. But I knew if any of them went down, I would be like catastrophically screwed because I have so many wide receivers. And so I think that actually helped me trade T Higgins away. And when I acquire Corey Davis, I knew I was just going to trade him right away. Not because I don't like him. Like you said, he's very good. He's established some type of chemistry with uh, rookie Zach Wilson for the New York Jets. But if you look at my roster and I'm not trying to like, you know, gloat about it, but I have DK Metcalf, Hopkins, and Devontae Adams, and so and at the time, Keenan Allen as well. So I was like, well, Corey Davis and T. Higgins like, ever start for me outside of a buy or like, hurt? I'm like, probably not. They're great depth pieces, but they're too good to be just depth pieces, if that makes sense, especially for me trying to win now. So I think that kind of helped me come to the decision of, all right, I got to use these trade assets like right now. And I think that's kind of some of the difference that you and I have amongst other owners, because I know we talk about it all the time. Some owners wait too long and get caught holding the bag and trying to trade them way when they're like past overdue. And I felt like right now, Corey Davis is value was at its highest T Higgins. Uh, I'm not saying, I don't think his value is at its highest. I still think he has a lot more that he can do, but with those things mixed in and the fact that I was like, all right, I definitely need running back depth. What better way than to get Austin Eckler? And then, Hey, let's add Mike Williams to the mix. Cause he can very viably be a starter right now, even with my stacked wide receiver room. And then after I made this trade, I was kind of sitting there looking at my roster saying, all right, I still feel like I have some more trade assets. And in my opinion, the running back room for me was still not my weakest because you could obviously make the argument saying, hey, now your tight end room needs help. But at the time I had, you know, Kittle and Knox. So I was like, all right, yeah, let me add one more running back. I did not anticipate getting the running back that I did. uh, But all teasing aside, Darren, what was the last trade that we want to talk about? Um, you got Alvin Kamara and a fourth round pick for Keenan Allen and Damian Harris. Um, this one didn't make much sense to me. Um, I had no idea that Alvin Kamara was even like being traded or on the trade block or anything <laughs> like that because like Zach Zach's not really like active or anything. Like you don't really see him very often. So like I had no idea that that Alvin Kamara was available for anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I saw this, I was like, what the fuck? And why would you trade him for Keenan Allen? Who's like almost 30 years old and Damian Harris, like Damian Harris is, is fine. Like he's a good player and everything, but the way that the Patriots use their running backs, like I'm sure Ramondre Stevenson, he'll, he'll probably be like super involved this upcoming week against the Jets or something. And 
then like you're going to be like what the fuck like why why did i trade for damian harris um just because like that's how bill belichick and josh daniels use their their running backs and they always have so i was like what what the hell like because i is kind of like one of those trades that come across and you're like you're like why did do they like ask anybody else if they wanted alvin kamara like when when you see some of the the trades that um <coughs> the one that happened a couple weeks ago with uh uh steve and and josh when it was chase oh, evans yeah, yeah, for yeah. miles sanders and juju it was like wait did he ask anybody else if they wanted miles sanders <laughs> <laughs> it was like i mean it, it kind of is at, at that time like i guess like if you just want him off your team or whatever but i i, I don't know i don't know why you would want alvin kamara off your team i could see miles sanders because he's been pretty shitty but i don't know why you want alvin kamara off your team just for like and keenan allen hasn't even been that good this year like he's been okay but like not great so i I don't know this one confused the shit out of me personally let me give you a peek behind the curtains because i've been sitting on this info for a while and i've been so excited to talk to you about it to kind of let you know how this trade happened and for you listeners out there by when i say you listeners i mean you three listeners that ever listen to these (laughs) things i never told darren like the backworks of this trade and so i'm really excited to hear darren's reaction in real time and Darren, I'm sure you're excited to hear it too. So when I made the original trade to get um, the trade that we just talked about, Mike Williams and Eckler, uh, I kind of had a quote unquote Kevin Yell moment. I- I'm kind of venting all our laundry right now because I know the Yells definitely don't listen to this fucking podcast. But I remember no. when you said something along the lines of like the Yells didn't want someone because there'd be too many chargers or something like that, right? Or, or like Eckler, mm-hmm. like maybe you're telling him to get Eckler and he's like, nah, I don't want too many chargers, even though he only has Herbert. And so what I did, I knew, and I guess a little bit of the yawness came into me. I literally had Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler on my roster. And I was like, yeah, no, no, I got to get rid of one of them. To me, that that's like way too much. Like the Chargers have a bad game. Like they just did against the Ravens. I would be screwed because they those three players are most likely starters. And for me, I was like, all right, let me get rid of Keenan Allen, at least. In a dynasty format, he is, what, like 29? He hasn't had the greatest season yet so far, but he definitely gets his target volume. He just, like, he only averages, I feel like, six yards a catch or something ridiculously low. So I was like, yeah, I just want to trade him off my team because he is a little too old. And so I actually reached out to the Yows first, and I was like, hey, do you want the Herbert Keenan Allen stack? And Kenny responds, and this was a group text message, not within Sleeper, to both uh, Kenny and Kev. And Kenny responds, yes, we are interested. Um, Like, what, what are you asking for? And I remember I sent you literally this screenshot. So this part of... Oh, yeah. uh, what we're talking about, I know you at least have seen, but I just love bringing it up just to kind of give our listeners a little bit more of the background. But essentially, um, they kind of ask like, oh, like, what are you looking for? What do you want? And then I was like, well, tell me who on your roster is untouchable right now. And they essentially listed like the only good players that they had. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> like every other player that's on his roster uh mind you they're still pretty decent that like he didn't mention chase claypool or like uh Cortland sutton but like once again these players wouldn't start on my team not because they're not good but because my team right now is pretty top heavy so i was like all right are any picks on the table so maybe i could do maybe like a Cortland sutton or a chase claypool plus a first or like a second for keenan allen like i'd be cool with that but they never responded in typical yells fashion so i was like all right screw it i'm gonna go over and see who else i can get so I didn't even negotiate. I just sent Zach an offer for Keenan Allen and Julio Jones for Alvin Kamara in a second. 
And I kind of let that marinate. And then I followed up with, how is that? With a question mark in Sleeper. And he countered with Alvin Kamara in a fourth for Keenan Allen and Damian Harris. Like, I didn't even negotiate it. And I was like, oh, shit, are you kidding me? And then as soon as that happened, I reached back out over to Adam because originally in the Corey Davis, T. Higgins, and a first for Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, originally it was actually, here, let me actually try to pull this up in real time. There was another trade that we both came to a gentleman's agreement with, but I did tell him, hey, I'm working on another trade right now, so I'm not going to accept anything in case, like, what happens there because that's when I was trying to gun for Kamara for the whole Keenan Allen deal. And I said, hey, just hold tight and here, give me one quick second i know this probably isn't best for the podcast but <laughs> go up okay so one of the offers that i sent over was mike williams austin eckler and a second for damian harris t higgins and a first that was the original trade that we both were like all right yeah that could work and then of course damian harris was needed for the command trade. i was like hey how about we swap out blah blah, blah. it all kind of worked out so long story short like that alvin Kamara trade a lot of people might be like oh tommy did it again he struck. I don't know what kind of voodoo magic. I was like, nah, dude, like I sent a completely different offer and he fired back with that one. I was like, oh yeah, dope. Yeah, I'll do that. And so I just accepted it. So this is just a, me taking a victory lap saying, yo, I had, in my opinion, the thinnest and weakest running back room outside of, of course, King Henry and Aaron Jones. And now I'm sitting pretty with Eckler and Alvin Kamara, along with uh, some other wide receivers I was able to gain. So I'm I'm pretty happy right now. And the one last thing I was afraid of was having literally no quarterback depth. Like after Joe Burrow and uh, Lamar, I have no one. But like you said, I at least have Jimmy G right now. I don't need a superstar. I just need someone who can start in bye weeks. And if anyone gets hurt, and Jimmy G can hopefully do that for the rest of just this season. I'll worry about getting another quarterback later. But pretty happy so yeah what is your reaction after me kind of rambling for like 20 minutes i i just can't i just can't believe that that was his counter it's it's like he must be really high on damian harris i guess i don't know or he, or he loves keenan allen he's he is from the west coast with the oregon guys so maybe he loves <laughs> Keenan Allen. maybe well, that's what it is I don't like. I don't think Keenan Allen is bad as everyone says i, I think right now he's no definitely i don't think so either but he just he's just old yeah, and I guess it makes it worse when you're like, holy shit, Alvin Kamara was a part of the deal. So I definitely see yeah. that point of view too. Um, I'm really hoping, Um, I was really happy to see the Saints like run it with Alvin Kamara like 30 sometimes before they're by. But what was a big head scratcher was the fact that they literally did not target him at all. So I'm like, yo, Sean Payton, I mean, you get the benefit of the doubt from the NFL community saying you're like a genius. I, you know me. I never, I never liked Champagne at all. I thought he was incredibly overrated. And I know you do hate Champagne from time to time because of how much he uses. Uh, your favorite boy. I'm completely blanking on his name. Um, that tight end quarterback dude, Taysom Hill. I know you hate Taysom uh, Hill, yes. and Champagne loves using him. And you're like, oh god, so arrogant. So I don't think Champagne's very good, but hopefully he's at least smart enough to be like, yo, we should throw it to Alvin Kamara because he's like our only good offensive player right now. So I'm hoping this opens up that championship window a little bit more. But I am definitely watching Steve and Max very closely because I'm terrified of them right now. But those were a bunch of trades that happened. Darren, I know you're very upset. We probably didn't talk about that Singletary trade, which I'm sure you're, you were <laughs> hype about. I know you you mentioned it from time to time, which is also a big trade. But uh, for the sake of time, I do kind of want to move on a little bit. And there are a couple storylines I want to talk about in the PDL, and I kind of wanted to do it that uh, kind of face it from me asking you. The first one I want to bring up is, yo, don't look now. 
but the Hollywood hustle is five and one. You can make the argument that they should almost be even undefeated. That one time that they lost was even crazy. So everyone knows the story. This is Jensen's last year. Brian even said he wants to send him home with some hardware and they are going all in. What is your kind of reaction with how they're doing so far? You can't deny how good they're doing. You even showed me that they have one of the easiest remaining schedules left. I mean, it looks like not only are they possibly punching in their ticket to the postseason, but they're fighting for a first round bye, huh? Yeah, I mean, um, I know that like fantasy football is like unpredictable, but how they do like the strength of schedule remaining for like NFL teams, like they probably have the easiest strength of schedule remaining. Like they they only have like one definite loss on the rest of their schedule so they could potentially go 12 and 2 so um i'm not saying that that's going to happen because you never you never can predict how a fantasy schedule is going to go but mm-hmm. i mean they're looking good like they're they are looking like they they have a really good shot at that first round by yeah i feel like i want to be down on them just because they are like the villains of the league but honestly I can't see another team that went from worst to first as quick as they did. I mean, five and one, no matter how you cut up, you could say, oh, look, oh, they had an easy. It doesn't matter. They're five and one. You could give me yeah. the easiest schedule and I might still accidentally mess it up and do worse than they did. And so the fact that they're already sitting on top and the rest of their schedule, once again, unpredictable, you never can know um, how it's going to go. But it looks like they are easily cruising at least a minimum of a playoff berth the first time ever in franchise history along with the fact that hey they might be vying for that first round by which would be very helpful on their roster especially with them just getting russell wilson and then losing him unfortunately i am looking at their roster right now i feel like i don't know maybe i'm not respecting them as much as i should i still am not scared of them as much as i would for max's and steve's team which is very hypocritical for me to say because if i went head to head against jensen this past week i would have lost and if that was a playoff game i would be out and so i don't know maybe i'm just not respecting them as much but do you think i'm downplaying them or do you believe that they should be in that tier for uh being feared no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think that they're the tier one team is you, and then like Max and Steve might be on that same tier. I might put Max like a tier above Steve. They're close though, so maybe they're on the tier two, and then I guess Jensen's on tier three, um, like in a tier of his own, just like just in that three. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely his team on paper is definitely not as good as your guys. It's definitely not like he. I mean, you can only play the schedule that you're given. And honestly, we can we can kind of thank Mike for the schedule that they were given. Oh, dude, can we but... talk about that real quick? Mike pulls the whole, I was joking. Everyone knew I was joking. I, no, bullshit, yeah. dude. I wanted to scroll back. Not. He gave me so much shit. He's like, yeah, here's Tommy. And even I remember like Max, dude, Max is such a bro, dude. I fucking love Max. If I walk away anything about the PDL, like you and I were always close. So I can't say the PDL brought us closer, but like for all the real people that we met, Dude, I'm so glad that Max introduced me to not just him, but um, Welch and Mike. But, like, dude, I remember Max was actually getting upset. Being like, yo, how can you call Tommy out on this? Like, he worked yeah. so hard, blah, blah. Like, Max was getting worked up, and maybe Mike was just being Mike. But I remember Mike was still firing. Right? Like, nah, this is, like, bullshit. Look how easy it is, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to. And I remember the first time I remade the schedule, I fucked up. So I need you to come in to make that schedule again to be like clean. I remember you did that for me. So it's not like 
oh man, Mike is complaining. Snap my finger. Here's the new, like I genuinely had to go out of my way multiple times to try to fix this bullshit because Mike was bitching so much. And then Mike has a fucking audacity to be like, oh dude, I was just joking. You guys take it so serious. <laughs> like that, like I know like I'm trying to be more calm and stuff, but that genuinely actually got me mad yesterday or whenever he mentioned like, yeah, I was just kidding. Like, I don't know why you guys made it such a big, well, Mike, I know you're not listening, you fucking bitch. But the reason I was made, we made it such a big deal is because you fucking was pitching such a. St Sorry, dude. I'm going on a tan. I'm unhinged. I was so <laughs> mad. And now I'm sitting here. My sky. I have to play fucking Max and Steve twice. That's going to impact my seedings. Like, I'm just so grateful that I'm sitting five and one right now with how crazy my schedule is. And then fucking Jensen sitting here with like the easiest. Oh, one second. You could only play the schedule that you're given, but let's correct that statement. You could only play the schedule that Mike forced upon the league. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Sorry, dude. I went on a tangent, but you, you got to agree. He, he is definitely underplaying how much like he acted like when reacting with that schedule. Right. Yeah, he definitely was. He, he was definitely, he underplayed it. Uh, Cause he, at first it was like it was like yeah of course like tommy gave himself the easiest teams and it, and you were playing like like jensen and josh or something like that but then like i, I was like well, well josh is always trying to win like always so like how like he might not have like the best team in the league but he's trying to win like he's not like he's a he's like welch right right now who's tanking and then like jensen i think at that point he decided he was going to try and win too so it was like it was like just because their teams aren't good doesn't mean that they're not trying to win. Like it's different if you had Welch in the beginning, like you had him week one and week fourteen or whatever, and that's basically mm -hmm. two free wins. But then <laughs> at that point, I think Welch was still trying to win too. Like he didn't even decide. But it was, it's, I I don't know. Like I mean, like it, you can't like you can't like pick and choose your wins in fantasy football. It's just it's so unknown because you could have the best team in the league and they all just happen to have a shitty week that week. So you never know. But anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, you know, but Mike, Mike, Mike said there was, it was no big deal, whatever. But let's talk about our other favorite or how do you, how do you say residents of Oregon? Oregonians? Is that, is that it? Yeah, it's probably Oregonians. That's weird. All right. Let's talk about our other favorite Oregonian, Mr. Welch. He is officially on full rebuild mode. He obviously made that big splash when, oh, dude, we got to talk about it, right? The elephant in the room. How Jensen waited Lawrence fucking like screen. 30 years to get Trevor Lawrence. And he, he even said yeah. during the startup draft in the PDL startup draft, what was like 2018, whenever we did it, he was like, yeah, I'm yeah. purposely going to tank because I want Trevor Lawrence. And we're like, what did you just say? Like Trevor Lawrence is a sophomore. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not going to happen. And he actually literally punted the startup draft where his first pick was until Dallas Goddard. Like everything in Jensen's DNA was let me get Trevor Lawrence. And then he legit bailed on him like three weeks in and then, now all of a sudden Welch has it and I'm like, holy shit, Welch is doing it. But how, what do you feel? First of all, I'll talk, I'll ask about how the rebuild's going in Dallas, but what are your thoughts on Jensen just straight up giving up on Trevor Lawrence? I mean, honestly, because he's leaving the league, like I think I, I thought it was fine. Like the trade when it happened, I was like, it's a little, little fucking weird because like he traded away uh, Trevor. I'm, I'm actually more surprised that Brian allowed that trade to happen because he's going to be here. And he traded away Trevor Lawrence and Jerry Judy for two guys that are Cordell Patterson and Damian Williams. They're only going to be relevant this season. And yeah. then he got Russell Wilson, who's going to be good for a couple of years, but like he's, he's kind of old. Um, but for Jensen, like that's, that's fine. Cause he only wants to win this year and then he's leaving. So he doesn't give a shit. But so like, I think for him, like that's fine. Like sure. 
but I was like, why, why would Brian like, like allow that to happen? I would like, <laughs> if I was Brian Oven, like, fuck no, like we are not doing that fucking trade. But I mean, they're, they're very like in lockstep. Like they are in unison of this. What we want to win now thing. So um, do you think that's going to set Hollywood back a little bit if it doesn't work? I mean, it's obviously working. They're five and one. We were just talking about how they're locking up yeah. maybe possible first round buy. But let's say they don't win the champ. Like I still personally, maybe I'm being too cocky, but I don't think they're going to win it all this year and say it doesn't happen. Is that going to set Hollywood back a little bit? I mean, probably it's it's not going to help that you traded away the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Like, it's not going to help your your case. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think like for for Welch, you, you know how they have like the the tasty cake power play for the Flyers and stuff. Oh yeah, have, yeah. Like, thing where it's like fueled by whatever. Like there's kind of like advertisements. Like Welch's rebuild is fueled by Jensen. Like it is. It's the Jensen. He took all of his like good assets, like Jerry Judy, Trevor Lawrence, all of his picks. Like he has all that now. <laughs> it's all it's all it's all fueled by Jensen. Like all of his <laughs> good assets. Like Max helped a little bit by trading for um, Zeke and Robert Woods, but like other than yeah. that, it's been all Jensen, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the rebuild in Dallas is sponsored by Jensen. But speaking yeah. of that rebuild, how do you think he's doing outside of that Trevor Lawrence trade and things like that? Do you think? Uh, how do you think everything's going over in Dallas? Are you pretty confident that he's going to be able to turn it around pretty quick? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that that kind of concerns me a little bit is that the, this upcoming draft like doesn't, as of now, it could change definitely, um, but as of now, it doesn't look like it's like the strongest draft, especially compared to the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, so he needs a he needs a hit on the picks because he only really has like he has like Trevor Lawrence, Jerry Judy, and that's hey, Mark Andrews. And that's kind of it. Like they're the only yeah. players he really has that are like worth anything right now. Um, so he needs to hit on every single draft pick he has. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree with you. I feel like what he's been doing has been great. I'm actually, I guess I'm not surprised that he still has Michael Thomas. He's probably hoping that Michael Thomas comes back at some point and dominates. But like the last news I just heard, he's still weeks away. I mean, yeah. dude, it's already week six, like weeks away. Does that mean he's coming back? Well, optimistically by week eight, I doubt it. Week nine, week yeah. ten, maybe that's better. But by that time, the fan this fantasy season for people are almost over. Like I'm not yeah. going to be trading for Michael Thomas anymore. I feel like that's this is why I made all these moves because now I have enough wide receiver depth. Max won't need another wide receiver because his wide receivers are just freaking bonkers. Uh, I could see yeah. maybe Steve trading for him, but he doesn't have the ammunition to be able to do yeah. that for what Welch wants. So I'm a little like. You know how much I love Welch. I'm just really confused on why he's sitting so long. Like, I guess his best case scenario is Michael Thomas comes back week eight and just absolutely dominates and continues what Mike Thomas has been doing when he has been healthy. But I feel like he's waiting a little too long. I would try to capitalize on people thinking, oh, maybe he can, maybe he can't. Because I think by the time we know what Michael Thomas is, it's going to be too late. Like, what, what if he does ball out? He's not going to get what he deserves because everyone is going to be set in however the season's been going. Like I have like one more first round pick left. So what am am I going to give him a first round pick now for like a 28 year old wide receiver with an Mm -hmm. unknown at quarterback future. And like, I I don't understand what he's trying to get out of it. And so I think that's my only like nitpicky thing. Like Andrews, I understand why he's holding on to him because he could absolutely be a part of the future of that team. But um, Yeah. yeah, just the Michael Thomas thing. I think that's kind of been confusing. What is your take on that? 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I actually had like the same conversation with him directly. And I was like, I, I would be stunned if, cause like Jensen, Jensen overpaid for Thielen and Carson. Like he gave him more than he would have gotten from anybody else. Agreed. Um, so I think that kind of is like stuck in his head. Like he's going to get that from somebody, but like you said, like once he, he comes back, he's probably not going to come back until week nine. So then he can't trade him until week 10 because he wants them to play at least one game. And he has to be amazing in that game. If he wants to get a first round pick for him, probably. And by week 10, there's only going to be like a couple teams, like maybe two max that are even interested in trading for Thomas at that point, because exactly. everyone else kind of knows where they fall and like where they stand and everything. Um, no so one's going to now be trading a, a bunch to be like, oh, here's like two first round picks for me to use Michael Thomas next year. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and the way that people view age and everything in, in our league, maybe it might be. I think, I think that's influenced by you. <laughs> yeah, it might be part of my doing that people just hate old guys. And he's not I mean, he's not like ancient. He's 20 years old, but um, he's turning 29 Back in the day. And... The wide receiver <laughs> prime was 27 to 31. But apparently now it's only like 25 to 28. After that, it's over. You know, I, I, but I mean, I think once you hit, once you hit 29, 30, like you, you definitely slow down. Like look at Julio, Julio's 32 and he's like t- washed, like washed. He can't stay healthy. Uh, excuse he me. He made a great helmet catch. Thank you very much. <laughs> he did. He had that one catch. That was great. Um, but then he got hurt like five minutes later. But um, I just think that if someone's offering like two seconds or whatever, a second and a third, like just, I would just personally i would take it but i know like i you know it's your team you do what you want but i i would be surprised if he can manage a first out of him um yeah. it would be good for him if he can but i just would be surprised yeah yeah and that's one thing that we do on the podcast like honestly it, this is honestly like our what what, what we t- used to talk about all the time when we'd be on xbox like we wouldn't even be playing video games i would just be sitting there with sleep or open on my phone and we'd just be talking mm-hmm. but this is just a little bit more structured but i completely agree with you i'm excited to see what he does with michael thomas because i do know that Welch does give our podcasts a listen, but I definitely would not blame him if he holds on either. I mean, I mean that that's not the worst thing, but once again, maybe his roster just doesn't look like it's made to keep a 28 to 29 year old wide receiver. Just try to cash that in. But speaking of questionable moves, dude, what in the world is happening in Philly? The Yowbots are like, I don't understand what's going on there. I understand maybe this is maybe what's going this is what happens when you don't have Christian McCaffrey. I feel like last year yeah. they got too comfortable being like, oh, we don't need Christian McCaffrey to win. We could still make it and do solid. Uh apparently not so much this year. And we both know the Yows more than anyone else in the league. They want to win. And I know Kenny has been complaining, be like, see, this is why I told Kev that we should talk. Like taking my team, not his team. Blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. Um. So yeah. Regardless of which take and what you believe, I have to ask, Dare, what is going on in Philly? Yeah, I um, I, I think they just got like decimated by injuries so far. Like, they I mean, they lost Christian McCaffrey. Um, and I mean, when you lose Christian McCaffrey, it's hard to win. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like uh, the best you, running back. You, yeah, you can count on him for twenty points a game. He's like a quarterback at running back, so it's it's hard to win when you lose him. Plus, they lost J.K. Dobbins before the season even mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that they they were kind of dead in the water before it even started, which was unfortunate for them. And I know, like Kenny, Kenny definitely cares a lot less than Kev, um, but like I know that it's like eating Kev's soul that he's <laughs> losing games Dude. like this. Like he is burning up inside, but like it's he kind of he's smart enough to know. I think that. 
even if he like makes a trade and he like gets somebody like it's not really like if say if like kev traded for michael thomas like that's not going to do anything for him like that's not <laughs> that's not doing shit like he he kind of knows like he's smart enough to know that at two and four like he's probably he's probably should pack it in and <laughs> that should be it um which sucks and like he'll probably he'll he'll keep trying to win and stuff and he'll like spoil some people's fun and stuff and um but he's definitely smart enough to know that like not to go out go all out and go crazy and stuff and try and like scramble together some wins um unless it's like like how he did last year and he got like like mike davis for like the pick swap to replace mm-hmm. mccaffrey mm-hmm. like that was a cheap a cheap move you know to to win games and stuff unless it's something like that like i doubt he's gonna really do anything of consequence he'll probably just keep losing and he'll be up there in a the top three or four pick with wealth <laughs> Yeah, uh, if it wasn't for the big trade where Hollywood got Cordero Patterson, I was like, that is such a Kevin Yao move, going after Cordero Patterson, yeah. like, right now. But unfortunately, yeah. he can't. But kind of like what you were saying, for you listeners, obviously you guys don't know Kev very well because, like, he does a real bad job communicating in the chat. But, like, yeah. I guarantee every single loss, dude, he's, like, literally killing him. He's like, what? Oh, my. Like, no one wants to win more than yeah. this guy which is hilarious because you would never expect it. Like, I honestly did not think he really cared about this league very much because obviously he doesn't, like, interact or chat too much. But whenever we hang out, like, it's, like, the main focal point of most of our conversation. He talks about it all the time, which is so odd. Like, you wouldn't expect that. So he definitely cares, but it kind of does suck, though, that they were hit with the injury bug and the fact that they're losing. Like, you know Kev is, like dying inside being like jesus and he just wants to win which does suck but last but not least before we kind of uh kind of wrap up do a little bit of power ranking talks and stuff let's give a little bit of update on our teams i mean we're both the hosts of this show so it's kind of nice to know maybe give our listeners a little tidbit of what's going on but yeah what's going on in carolina i know you guys rebranded you guys are super up and down but i mean you got to be taking a little bit of victory lap seeing what cd lamb just did this past week and stuff right yeah, I think we have we have good built building blocks. We have good pieces. Um, CD Lamb being one of them. Uh, we really like Deontay Johnson, TJ Hawkinson. Um, we're happy that we're going to eventually get Deshaun Watson back at some point uh, in the future. Who knows when that'll be? But um, <laughs> he'll be a big help to our roster. But um, I think we're 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 looking forward to 2023. Um, we're we're expecting probably Delco to win this year. If not that, then it's going to be Murphy Street or uh what is steve's left coast left coast one of those Gronk. one of those three um probably delco we're expecting to be the champion again this year and then 2023 we're gonna we're gonna try and be the top there all right here guys um i know he sounded way too formal there and i've been friends with darren for a long time so kind of like that keenan and peel skit where uh what was it um he and Michael or whatever kind of translated Obama. I'll do that for Darren right now. What he actually <laughs> meant to say was, you motherfuckers, I don't know how you allowed me to get seven first-round picks the next two years, and I'm already a solid team fighting for a playoff spot without Deshaun Watson, a.k.a. one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. The fact that I'm able to put this together, you guys are all screwed. I'm actually surprising myself with the amount of wins I've been getting because this league is pathetic. But yeah, the fact that I'm winning now, you guys should be scared when I hit again and again in my draft picks. Sorry, I know, Darren, you would never say that. But after being friends with you very long and hearing you speak so modestly, I'm like, nah, 
Now nah, this is what it's all. I, I honestly cannot believe how good you've been this season after losing as many players as you have. Uh, by, by losing as many players as you have, I honestly just mean Deshaun Watson. I mean, if I were to lose Lamar Jackson, I would be screwed. I feel like my roster right now, and I'm not trying to like brag or anything. I think right now, I think you would make the argument too. You lost Deshaun Watson. Let's say I lose Lamar Jackson. My roster is still much stronger than your roster. But like, I still don't know if I would be able to string together the wins that you were able to do. So I don't know how you're still doing it. This is coming with you starting like Odell and like random people like that yeah. still somehow putting up points and TJ Hawkinson, like being like, he had a great week one, but he has been pretty disappointing. But this past week he did bounce back a little. Like you have like random players, but you still keep winning. And I know like, I'm thinking of you, I'm like, I'm Darren. I probably don't want to win very much right now. And I'm sure you think that too, but for some reason you just keep winning and it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I really do. Like I would love to have a top five pick um, with one of my four picks next year. I would love to one of them to be a top five pick so I can get a quarterback. Cause I know that Tom Brady says like, Hey, I'm going to play until I'm 45 or 47 or 55 or whatever he keeps saying now, but like, it's gonna end <laughs> like it's oh, gonna he's end not in the next it that far for, it might be after this season so then after this season i'll just have baker and deshaun um so ideally i would need a, a third quarterback so i would like to have a top five pick even though this quarterback class doesn't seem like it's the strongest but um i mean they said that about the pat mahomes class like that that wasn't that good yeah so i mean you, you don't really know until they actually play in nfl games so who, who the frick knows it could be an ej manual class and they are actually that bad but <laughs> we, we won't know until two years from now yeah i feel like that's definitely the anomaly right now i know a lot of people have been making that comparison with the quarterback class right now i i was actually texting you saying yo remember before the season started everyone's like oh it's gonna be rattler it's gonna be sam howell or whatever his name is like those are definitely the top guys and now like they're not even top three quarterback prospects now because of how the season is going. So it's just so hard to predict, but uh, very similar to what you said. I feel like you weren't, com I'm not saying you didn't like Mac Jones. I know you weren't like completely sold on him and he kind of fell to your lap uh, at what, like 110, 111, whatever that pick was. And then you just yeah. kind of picked him because you kind of had to, you had your hand side. And then it just so happened because Darren picked him. He just apparently is now the best rookie quarterback right now. It looks like they're <laughs> six weeks. So I think what I'm trying to say is, Whatever quarterback Darren takes in the rookie draft next year, uh, I don't know. You know I don't gamble or do anything with money or, or except the PDL because I know I'm, I'm going to win. Ayo! But whatever that's going to be, whatever quarterback you take, I'm going to just go straight to Vegas and be like, yeah, I'm going to, whatever the odds of this person rookie winning. Of the year. Rookie of the year. Exactly. I'm putting my money down. Oh, wait, why? Uh, you wouldn't understand, but my one friend you know, is pretty much a prodigy. You know, it's what's funny, though, because um, Kev, Kevin, Kevin like was like asking my opinion on like what the quarterbacks is like he was definitely going to take a quarterback because he has Matt Ryan and Justin Herbert so like he needed another quarterback and he was like in your honest opinion who do you think is going to be better Mac Jones or Zach Wilson and I was like I, I think Mac Jones is going to be better like I just think he's has much of like a floor. like Zach Wilson is he is a, he's the biggest chance of this class like there's definitely gonna be one quarterback out of these five that's bad and I think Zach Wilson has the the best chance to be bad just mm -hmm. because he's like on the jets and the situation he's in and everything. And Kenny, Kenny was like, we're taking Zach Wilson. So Kev, if Kev went with my opinion, he would have had Mac Jones and I would have had Zach Wilson. But if he went with 
he went with Kenny's, which is rightfully so. And I know that Kev liked Zach Wilson more too. So like, it was kind of like him going with him, his own gut at the same time, but it was like yeah. Kenny's him and Kenny made that joint decision. But I don't know. I kind of felt like that little nice, like I got, I got the guy that I wanted anyway. Like when I, at one eleven, when I got Mac Jones, I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe you're still fucking here. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was, you're like, yeah, this is super flex league. This is a rookie draft. I understand. There's a lot of quarterbacks going in the beginning. But at like, if you were to tell me, Tommy, in the PDL, Mac Jones will be there literally pretty much at the end of the first round. I'd be like, all right, what are you smoking? Because I want some of that. And it happened. And I was like, of course. And then what does what do you do with pretty much the 111? Oh, no biggie. Darren just cashes that in for two more first round picks. No big deal. Like, it, it happens all the time. I'm used to it. But you're absolutely right. And it's almost like we, it's not that we force them. But I remember even like two years ago when Justin Herbert was there. And hey, I don't care what people say. Everyone that says like, oh, I knew Herbert was going to be bullshit, dude. No one thought yeah. that. And so but when Kev was fair, on the clock, what? He he wanted, to be fair, he was between Herbert and CeeDee Lamb. So like either yeah. way he went there and he was, he kind of wanted to go CeeDee Lamb. And but we like, were Kev. both like, do not do that. You got to <laughs> take like, like Kev, and we both an weren't <laughs> sold on him. But the fact we forced him, dude, he, I don't think Kenny would be complaining very much if they ended up with Herbert and then also had Mac Jones on that roster. If they kind of took our advice, right? Yeah. I, I mean, if I, if he did like Kev, if he, like, he was like, I need, I know I need to go Herbert, but like, he was like, I don't, I don't really like Herbert. Like, I know I need to take him, but I don't really like him because that was kind of like how everyone was at the time. Oh, like, dude, that's how like, I was. I was know? like, Kev, you kind of have to take, I know CD Lambs, yeah. but you have to, but I didn't like Herbert at all. But oh, what were you saying? Continue. But like if he did, if he did go with like the more sure thing in CD Lamb, it, he would probably be in a real shitty situation right now. Like obviously <laughs> CD Lamb is really good, but like he would have Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan, Zach Wilson, and you have CD Lamb on his team. So like he would be terrible in a terrible spot right now. Yeah, and because it is a super flex, like dude, I loved CD Lamb. I had CD Lamb ranked higher than Jerry Judy, which not many people did. And I know you were very, very high on Jerry Judy as well, but I think maybe mm -hmm. you even uh, were one of the few that might have had uh, CeeDee Lamb higher, but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I was, I was pumped when Jensen took, like, I love Jerry Judy. I thought it was awesome, but I was pumped when Jensen took Jerry Judy over CeeDee Lamb because I knew that nobody else was going to take a receiver. Oh, yeah. You're pretty much already dancing. I remember you getting a text me like, yo, I have CD. I was like, what? You're not even on the clock. It was like, yeah, Jensen took Jerry. <laughs> and then you told me, these are the people that are in front of me. There's no way that they're going to take them, blah, blah, blah. And sure and behold, Darren was right. Like he always is. And he had CD. And I was like, gosh, darn it. Of course it happens. But it is what it is. A quick update, at least on the Delco end. I think all the crazy trades are now over. There are whispers, rumors that I might be trying to get a tight end right now. And uh, I'm not going to put that to rest just yet. I might get a, a tight end, but nothing too crazy, only because, uh, Dan, I was telling you this before, and it might be me getting way too cocky. My next, like, two opponents, they're good, but not great, and I still think I could win even if I have, like, an Ian Thomas as my tight end because all my other players will just put up that many points. And so I think I should be able to hold on until Kittle comes back because what a lot of people don't remember, when Kittle was put on the IR, it was kind of a surprise and when i kind of did a little bit more research it wasn't like oh he had a devastating injury it was more like i mean he could probably play but we definitely want to shut him down just so just in yeah. case it doesn't get re-aggravated so when he does come back it's not going to be one of the whole 
Oh, he's going to be slow. He's still lingering. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be completely fine when he's back. So I think I can wait until he comes off of IR and not trade like a second round pick for some random tight end that'll be sitting on my bench. Because once again, with Dawson Knox, yeah, he broke his a bone in his hand, which sounds incredibly, I mean, you're a tight end, a receiving tight end. You need, you need your hands, right? But yeah. even afterwards, I was so confused. Like, oh, it's a broken bone. Okay, he's going to be out for a long time. But then people are like, yeah, with the bye coming up, they actually don't anticipate him mi missing much time. Maybe a game after the bye. I was like, wait, what? How are these, like, at the end of the day, I think of them as football players, but they're human beings. Like, if I broke a bone in my hand, and I am by no means a football player, I work like a dumb office job, I would struggle to do my work for a couple of weeks just doing my office job, let alone you know, running full speed and trying to beat linebackers and blah, blah. Like, it doesn't make sense. So I'm not optimistic about Dawson Knox. I am super happy with who he's turning into, but I'm more confident with Kittle. And I guess my last question before we kind of wrap things up, go over to the power rankings real quick, is uh, do you think that's a pretty good thing to do? Maybe I'm asking for your advice now. Do you think that's the right track, or do you think I should be pigeonholed and try to get a tight end just for the time being? Yeah, I, I think you're fine. Um, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't worry about it. I think you can... You could honestly just, you don't even have to start Ian Thomas. I think you just leave the spot blank. And would, <laughs> I mean, that would be, that would be a violation of the rules, but I feel like you could do that and you'd still be just fine. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say it. I'm glad you said it, but Hey, let's jump into the power rankings. All uh, one last thing is, yeah, I'm really hoping to win. Obviously that's not like a secret or anything, but Max and Steve are making it very difficult for me to get comfortable. I wouldn't be surprised if either of them make like one more random trade before the deadline just to get me sweating. I hope they don't because like I said, I'm it's exhausting making all these moves kind of things. So I'm hoping they kind of calm down mm. because they did cause this avalanche of trades. But anyway, let's talk about the power rankings, Darren. I did send it over to you. I'm just going to give the listeners a quick uh, update on what the power rankings will be for week six. I will be posting this tomorrow morning like I always do. Uh, what I'll do to kind of change things up is I like this, what we do now. Talk about trades, talk about storylines, and then just briefly talk about power rankings because everyone's going to see it tomorrow anyway. But the way that the week six power rankings kind of shook up, I'll start from worst to first. It's Welch still at number 12, Josh still at number 11, but then we had the Philadelphia Yellowhawks drop a spot to 10. We had Zach move up one spot to number nine. Then we had good old tilting Mike at number eight. Then we had big old Brett. I don't know, dude. He fell. He used to be holding on to that number two spot for a while. He fell two more spots at number seven, the Targaryen Dragons. Then we have you, the Carolina Breakers, at number six. Bronx Bombers at five. They fell three spots, the biggest faller so far. We had Steve, the left coast grommets, at number four. They rose up two spots. Murphy Street Empire, ugh, the bane of my existence, up at top three. Uh, not a surprise, but... Uh, we have to celebrate a little bit. The Hollywood Hustle, they're they're top two. They're elite right now uh, at number two. And then we have myself still locking on, barely holding on to that number one spot. Barely got past Mike this past week. But I don't want to break uh, down every single team like we have been because this is uh, this is just more meant for fun. But what, what are some teams that you did want to talk about? Uh, surprises or just whatever? I mean, I think that everyone's kind of in like a, a, the general spot like give or take like one or two spots here like that they should be in um the only one that to me that kind of stands out is brett uh, because he was number two for a couple weeks there like you said now he's number seven that would be put him out of the playoffs mm -hmm. um 
I don't know. Like, I mean, does he start when he sees this, does he start reevaluating his roster and like what he's going to do? Does he like say, Hey, I'm going to trade Travis Kelsey now. And like, can he even trade Travis Kelsey? Because the only person that as far as I know that really wanted him was Max. And now Max has Kyle Pitts. So like, he doesn't want oh, yeah. him anymore. I would assume. Um, so what does he do? Like, does he keep trying winning? Does he try, like, so I don't know. I, but that one, that one stands out to me more than anybody. I really like that you brought that up because that was actually the guy I wanted to talk about too. And I think it was all kind of the same. We heard that he wanted to go all in. He was number two for a while. So he had a very good reason to be holding on. But I also want to paint the picture of how unlucky he's been. He has the fourth most points scored in the PDL. Like fourth most. That's that's pretty elite if you ask me. But he has the most points against, which is why he finds himself at what? I believe like three and three. Um, and he, it's just not looking too good, unfortunately, due to luck, but I'm hoping that changes. This is something that happened to Max last year. And the weirdest thing is you keep telling yourself, there's no way this could continue. Like that, like they're going to catch a break. It's just like a weird pattern they've been hitting. But last year, this happened to Max the entire year. I don't know. Like, yeah. what are the chances of that happening And this year? It's happening to Brett. And I'm like, oh no, Brett, like a team just unloaded on you, but next week it could be against Darren. And the week after that, a, a, a team I go against could drop 180 on me. Who knows? But for some reason, it's always against Brett. And it doesn't make sense. I'm really hoping the fortune changes. But for all the reasons that you kind of said too, I don't want to say I told you so to Brett because I love him and I do know he listens to this podcast. But that's something you and I was trying to tell Brett saying, hey, you do have a strong team. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't think you're going to be able to compete with, you know, Max, Steve, teams like that. That's going to be vying for that championship going all in. But I don't blame Brett for thinking that he still had a shot. But now it has to be a little bit more eye opening thinking, hey, I am still scoring the fourth most points. But regardless, with the injuries, with the bad luck, you definitely have to have that thought of, all right, maybe Maybe I do try to cash in. Do, do I get rid of Travis Kelsey? Dalvin Cook keeps getting hurt and keeps not getting hurt. Like, what's happening there? Like, this and that. So a little bit of doubt has to creep in. And you have to think of the longevity of your team. A lot of people that I bring in that have only played redraft and new to Dynasty, that's one thing that they kind of struggle to adjust to. That's why I feel like the Yowls want to always win now because they're usually strictly a redraft players. And yeah. so similar to you and I, we're more dynasty focused. We're like, all right, what is the long term? What is this and that? So I want to see how Brett's going to react. But like you said, the only real people that were interested in Kelsey was uh, Max. And now he has Pitts. Uh, you can make the argument. I was very interested in Travis Kelsey. But I mean, I have Kittle and Dawson Knox. Like, I don't need Travis Kelsey. That doesn't make sense to me. And so that's why I'm thinking, well, who, who, who's going to get him? I mean, even look at the other top team. Steve, he has Darren Waller. Unless he's going to roll out Darren mm -hmm. Waller and Travis Kelsey. Like, I mean, sure, that could happen, but I once again, I don't see Steve having the ammunition to give Brett what he thinks he deserves for it. So that is the biggest eye-opening thing. Do you think he's going to keep trending, or do you think he's at the spot? Do you think he is like a 7-9 to nine ranked team, or do you think that's too low and he actually belongs maybe like a five, like 4-7 to seven kind of thing? Well, that could kind of pull us into what we have as the game of the week. Um, I have it's Brett versus Josh, and as everyone knows, um, Josh is kind of struggling so far this year. He's down there at number 11 in the power ranks. Um, so if Brett is to lose this week, it's over. Maybe, maybe he does decide to blow it up because if, I mean, if you're going to lose to the, the number 11 team in the power rankings, that would put him at uh, three and four. Josh would also be at three and four after that, if he was to win that game. So maybe Brett drops 
like to number 10 in the power rankings or something like that then he's got to be like fuck man like shit (laughs) (laughs) that's got to be eye-opening because once again say what you will about josh but dude that guy wants to win like every single time he really does one thing i do want to say i'm really glad like at first i remember when i was looking at the show doc and you put brett and josh i said ew is that really the game of the week and then the more you talk to me about it the more interested i got but one thing i wanted to paint a picture to you darren don't look now josh is favored the Vikings have a bye next week when he's against Josh, and he has both Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook. And guess what? The Steelers have a bye too. So he, like oh Big Ben God. is his other quarterback. He has no quarterback. And say what you will about Josh's quarterback, he has Matt Stafford, who's been lighting it the frick up right now. He's a quarterback number eight on the season so far, and he has Teddy Bridgewater. And when Teddy Bridgewater plays, he's fine. And so the fact that Brett is going to be facing Josh with literally the only quarterback he has is Taylor Heineke. Um, oh, oh, once again, like I said, he won't have Dalvin Cook, so he's going to have to probably play Elijah Mitchell, which I feel like is definitely a solid play. But still, the fact that he has no actual super flex quarterback in the super flex spot, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not saying Josh is going to win, but you know I've been a Josh truther for a little while. But like you said, there's a very real possibility that Brett loses this game. And if he's sitting at three and four, just lost to the 11th ranked team, continually feeling like he's getting the brunt end of the stick, at some point, you're going to have to throw in the towel, especially when you see my team, Max's team, Steve's team continuing to string together wins. And of course, Hollywood, there's only so many playoff spots available, right? And the teams, I just, yep. I just named four solid teams. That only leaves two more spots, and you just lost a number 11 team. I don't know, man. You got to have to reconsider. Now that I told you about all the buys, dude, what would you do if you're Brett? What if you do lose? Would you blow it up? I mean, I, I think I would probably give it one more week. If I went three and five, that would be it. Like, I'll be like, fuck it. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm <laughs> There's not no gonna... way I could catch up right now. But, like, if you already, if you have, five losses at week eight you're probably like you need to win every other game pretty much like you can only lose like probably one more game like i, I mean we've only had like the the 14 week season this is the first year for that so yeah um I, I figure you need probably at least eight wins to get in the playoffs um i'm not exactly sure but i think eight seems like a good number but if he has if he goes three and five he needs to win every other game except for one so yeah. that just doesn't seem think probable the margin for error in the pdl is so low it's not like there's an under it's not like my team is undefeated i'm like i'm cruising i mean besides jensen and i we're both five and one but the rest of the team is either four and two and three and three so there's not much separating it so even if he does lose he still controls his own destiny if he wins out he could still very easily make it to the playoffs it's just a fact that you do have to weigh the options of is it worth it because right now, I would say, well, maybe not right now because Travis Kelsey has struggled a little bit. But you can't tell me Travis Kelsey's value is going to go up another year older kind of thing. And yeah. so all these things have to be weighing in your head. I, I'm i hoping for Brett's sake, his luck turns around and he can beat Josh. But right now, after looking at next week, I don't know, man. Not having Kirk, Dalvin Cook, and Big Ben. Oh, it's not looking too good. Uh, I guess it's a good thing that he did get Taylor Heineke for that reason. But... Oh man, I, I I'd be a little bit scared if I'm Brett, and I'm also be scared to know that hey, Travis Kelsey is worth a lot, especially now that we're tight in premium. But who are the buyers? Who who wants who? It's yeah. not that who wants Travis. Everyone wants Travis Kelsey. It doesn't matter who you are. It's just 
do, do we have enough ammunition to give you what you want for Travis Kelsey when you are waving in the white towel? So very interested to see how that goes. Uh, one more thing I wanted to add before we wrap up. My game of the week I was going to choose is you and Max. I mean, to me, Max is one of the best teams in the PDO. I don't care how humble he tries to be, how he tries to spin it. It's not going to work. I'm not I'm not going to let him be like, oh, well, this isn't. No, no, Max. It might work on other people. It's not going to work on me. The target is on your back. And then we have your team who, honestly, very similar to Steve's, you are also very hot and cold. When you are when you have an off week, dude, you're, you're I'm sorry, Darren, but you know, know it's it's, bad. you're bad. It, you're like bad. real bad. <laughs> but then when you hit, you could beat me. And I'm just like, bro, Darren, you got to chill. So that's kind of why I'm excited to see. And that's similar. Not, I guess not very similar to Max. Max is actually very consistent. He actually always pretty much puts yeah, up it's like around one, like 135 ish. Yeah. I was going to say he's always hitting 130 to 140 every single week, which is very good. It's very, I think right now we have a lot of recency bias because Steve put up like 190 twice. Um, yeah. And I think I, I know I put up over 200. And I think after, before that, I also put up 190, but that's like, that never happens. Like it, it just so happens it happened the beginning of like this year, but usually that never happens. And so the fact that Max is consistently almost getting 140 every single week, I'm like, damn, that's really good. And so yeah. I'm gonna keep a very close eye on your matchup, even though you probably don't care as much because you're like, ah, if I lose, I lose. That's fine. Better pick for me. But for me, I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, Max's team is great. I view your team at least good enough to be a challenge. So I'll be watching the box score in that for sure. But I think you hit the nail on the head. As weird as Brett versus Josh looks on paper, that is definitely the game of the week because there's a lot of implications on how it might kind of mark their season, even though it is still early and things like that. But before we wrap up there, did you have anything else to add or anything like that? No, I just want to say... um I hope Baker Mayfield plays because oh, that makes our game way, way less interesting. If he doesn't play, like, I mean, I know that Baker hasn't been like amazing this year or anything. Like he had like 11 or 12 points last week, but without that 11 or 12 points against Max, I think that's pretty much a surefire loss right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because you have Baker on your team. So you definitely pay attention to him more than I do. But I feel like for me, every time I see Baker, every time I count him out, like, oh yeah, he's going to have a bad, he's going to have a bad week. He puts up like 28 and then other games yeah. where I'm like, oh, he's going to pop off this game. He puts up like 12. I'm like, yo, what? Yeah. I, like I, I don't have Baker figured out at all. And so it's, I oh, go, go, go. It's weird because like this year is like, it's the year that he might get like, cause like he's the same draft class as um, Josh Allen and Josh Allen just resigned his deal. And they're talking about Lamar Jackson's uh, extension and everything. So they're obviously talking about Baker's too. And like, he's in those conversations and everything, but he's playing through a separated shoulder and <laughs> he could potentially cost himself millions of dollars because oh, yeah. he's not playing to his full potential right now because he has a major injury that he's trying to play through. And he's trying to do the old like Brett Favre kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, dude, just like, you know, don't play, like <laughs> get, get your <laughs> surgery, get your money and everything. And, because he's honestly, he's kind of making it worse for himself. I think, like, I don't understand why you would play for something that's like hindering your play and making you look worse than you are. Because if when you're doing that, then oh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why you would do that. Like, if like, because it's obviously painful. Like they they said that he's, or he said today himself actually he was like the he was in the like shoulders a sling completely. Too. Yeah, he was like the shoulders completely off. Like there's other things that are in there that are torn. 
So like that thing, that sounds like it's extremely painful, but he, he's still playing like NFL games. So like maybe he's going the strategy of like, hey, I'm a tough ass bitch and I'm just going to keep fucking playing. Like maybe <laughs> that's his strategy. Like you can always count on me to be there. Like, I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I think that like, and a lot of people are like ripping them apart saying that like if they give them the, the big contract, it's going to be like the Jared Goff contract and all that shit. But like, he's definitely a lot better than Jared Goff. Like, come on. Um, giving him Josh Allen money, that's probably dumb. Uh, he probably is. But like, if he gets like a little bit of a discount there, like they sign him for like, I don't know, 30 million a year or something like that. Because I think Josh Allen was like 40, Pat Mahomes is like 50. Um, so if they get him for like 30, like that's, that's a pretty good deal, I think. Um, obviously, quarterbacks get paid like Derek Carr is making like 25 or 30 million a year. And if Baker's in that same range, like fine, you know, like. The one thing, uh, so a couple of things, you bring up a lot of really, really good points. I feel like the main reason Baker is forcing himself to play, in my opinion, is the fact that right now the Browns are hurt. I mean, Kareem Hunt, yeah. who never gets hurt, is now on IR. Nick Chubb is banged up, so they might not even have him. And the fact that, like, I don't know, they're talking about how Jarvis might come back. Um, and obviously OBJ got hurt a little bit, but he did ultimately come back. I feel like I don't know why, but Baker's like his ego saying, I need to be there for my team. Like everyone's not there, but I'm still going to show up and try to ball out. But very similar to you. I mean, if I had like a separated shoulder and then I play a game and the other team, like no matter who the defensive lineman wants to rip my head off and I already have a separated shoulder. Oh, you gotta know. I want to push them a little bit more. Maybe the, the whistle will blow and I might give them a little extra nudgy nudge to see how that shoulders like, I would be scared if I was Baker. So I don't know why he's doing that. And I guess my final rebuttal will be that contract situation is such a head scratcher. A lot of the people are saying like, Oh, well, Baker's waiting to see what Lamar Jackson's deal is. Why? Like Lamar, I'm not saying he's going to completely reset the market, but Lamar is, he, he's already an MVP. He's playing out of his goddamn mind right now. Like if you see all of the players that the Ravens are missing, it's, I don't know how the Ravens are five and one, right? And you can make the argument they should be six and oh, and they have literally like no one. Uh, yeah. Hollywood's been playing great. Mark Andrews has been fine. And now they have Bateman back and stuff, but like their offensive line is all banged up They're They have no running back. Lamar Jackson is the running. So the fact that Lamar, like what Lamar Jackson means to that team and what Baker Mayfield means to the Browns are very different. So that's why I was so confused being like, Baker, why are you like, I don't, I, it could have been rumors saying that he's waiting for Lamar to like finish his contract. But when he said that, I was like, why? Like, that's not going to help yeah. you. You can't sit there and be like, I want Lamar money. That doesn't make sense. So I guess uh, yeah. before you wrap it up, I just want to get your take real quick. Do you think there was any truth to that of them saying, I want to wait until Lamar is done? Because as we all know, Lamar doesn't have an agent. He's like trying to be his own agent. But the fact that I heard that, maybe I'm just misinformed. Is that true? Is it not true? What are your thoughts? I mean, with the size of Baker's ego, I think that's 100% true. Um, I think he uh, he definitely thinks that he should be paid on the same level as Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and uh, <laughs> Lamar. Like, I think he should definitely thinks, I, I think he thinks that highly of himself. I definitely do. Um, but like, if he actually demanded that and he was like, I want $40 million a year, they'd be like, all right, dude, we're going to give you and a first round pick, maybe two first round picks. And we're going to trade you to the Texans. And we're going to get to Sean Watson. So <laughs> see ya. Like they're, <laughs> They're not, I don't think they're going to give him $40 million. Like he's going to have to come down from that. Like he definitely is. But I mean, honestly, like 
if they offer him 30, 35, like, are you, are you hurting for money if you're making $35 million a year? Like probably uh, on not. top of like the 50 commercials he's doing. Don't forget yeah, that. All his endorsements. Like yeah, he probably <laughs> makes $30 million a year just off the freaking progressive. Commercial. Oh, he's making way more money on progressive <laughs> than he is on his contract. You hear all these sports stars being like, Oh, I actually never touched a game check before. I just did all endorsements. And let me tell you all these, like, like when Marshawn Lynch said that, I don't really remember Marshawn Lynch being endorsed that much when me he was either. a player. Like now he's in a bunch of stuff, but when he was a player, no. But so when I see all the things Baker's, I was like, dude, he's probably making like more money than like, oh, obviously yeah. not more than Patrick Mahomes because he's in a bunch of commercials now too. But I'm like, damn, yeah. they're getting paid. So I think a conversation that we have to have is, damn, think of how filthy the Browns would be if you put Deshaun Watson on that offense, dude. Come on. With that offensive line and the weapons he has in the run, come on. He's uh, and it, it, I I feel like that would be a team that he wouldn't turn down either because they obviously have a good coaching staff. Like seems like they have a good front office now. Like I feel like that would not be a team that he would turn down. I know he has a no trade clause and everything, but yeah. um, I feel like like I don't I don't blame him for turning down Philly because I I think I would probably turn down Philly. Yeah, dude, like, who would like, want to no. go to Philly? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. We treat I'll, every uh, player I'll, like I'll garbage. Take my somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but oh man, that that'll be a fun conversation to have. I, I'm very interested to see where Deshaun Watson. I think as a casual football fan, I'm very interested, but because I know he's on your team in the PDL, that make like that gives me extra perked ears whenever I hear Deshaun Watson. I'm like, oh, oh wait, what's going on? I want to see yeah, if I can shit going? on Darren or be pissed at Darren. <laughs> like, I it could go one of two ways, right? Like, oh, see, Darren, you suck. Deshaun Watson went to blah blah blah. Or if he ends up going to the Browns, I'll be like fuck and then i know immediately what you would say you'd be like yeah i got the i got the watson obj stack i knew this would come in handy <laughs> so, i really like, just want him i want him to go if i'm being completely honest i want him to go to washington or not washington washington would be cool too though i want him to go to pittsburgh pittsburgh would be freaking awesome like with deontay johnson and uh, chase claypool, and claypool Fryer and moves, that, Harris. that would be insane like if you, i don't even like the Steelers, but like i just want to see it <laughs> and he's proven that he doesn't even need a good offensive line to be good because he had trash offensive line over in uh yep. houston and he was still good oh my god all right i don't want this podcast to be a billion hours long but guys <laughs> i hope you like this new format by new format i mean we're gonna be talking more about we'll just talk PDL about news news. when we have it <laughs> yeah like we'll talk more about pdl stuff we'll get to the uh P like rankings and stuff but that's gonna take a backseat to the fun things we want to talk about this one's a little bit longer than we normally had because we haven't had it in a while hopefully i could still do this weekly but as we all know we're all adults right now and it's a little bit harder to find some time but darren i appreciate you always being able to hop on here at a moment's notice uh, i hope baker plays too for your sake i hope that mike williams isn't bamboozling me he always gets hurt and now they're saying <laughs> this might be lingering it might not be lingering it's fine i don't know what's going we'll see what happens but until next time guys take care thank you for tuning in to the podcast i hope you enjoyed your meal we'll catch you next time